0: You're listening to Three Valleys Radio.
1: The ground, no room.
0: Welcome to our In Conversation program. In this town, you're out of luck. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes, we cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. ...here on Three Valleys Radio.
2: Well,
0: good evening. Welcome to In Conversation here on Three Valleys Radio. Now, up until now, we've had several horse racing personalities on the show, but they've all been retired. Now, this week... We've got one better. We've got one of Britain's top jockeys on the show in the shape of Daryl Jacob. Well, good afternoon, Daryl. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Um, It's a pleasure to have a leading jockey like yourself on board. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. No, no problem at all. So we're going to go through your career as it uh, unfolded sort of thing. And uh, you were born in Donegal in Ireland in 1983. And it appears that you were put onto a pony in an open field aged eight and you loved it. Is that right?
3: Yeah, it was sort of, yeah, born in Donegal. Um, and yeah, I was literally put onto a pony then um, at my cousin's place and there uh, no, no tack, no nothing on it. And the pony basically bolted me and I thought it was a bit of fun and sort of adventured into it from there then really, yeah.
0: You didn't come off first time round then?
3: Yeah, we did get fall at the end of the field. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Painful first lesson on a pony.
0: Yeah, I expect so. But I mean, you were saying earlier that the pony racing is quite sort of strong in Ireland. Um, how soon did you get to the point where you would actually be racing a pony?
3: Well, I actually didn't do any of the the pony racing in Ireland um, purely because I wasn't really that interested in racing when I was when I was younger. Really, it was only when. I think I was about fourteen that um, I rode a point-to-pointer pointer out um, at a local um, a local trainer from me uh, called Darl Deakin. Um, I sat in a point-to-pointer pointer from, and you know it was I it was okay. I never got really got a racing bug from it or anything of like that. But um, Darl Deacon thought I might make a good jockey and sort of discussed the things with a uh, a man called Jack Murphy that I was working for. Um, the weekends and all that from school, and it was sort of they had sort of spoken to my parents and thought it might have been a good idea for me to go to the Racing Apprentice Centre in Kildare. So um, after I'd done the junior cert, that's where I went for a year, and that's where I sort of fell into the racing really. So it was 15, I was 15 at the stage.
0: Sorry about that. That was to remind me to ring you in case I forgot. <laughs> I'll Fair cut, Don't worry, I'll cut that bit out in a minute. Um, so, okay, so you started on the point to pointer I mean, uh, how did it, uh, you know, how did it influence you? I mean, did you, did, did, was it the sort of the adventure of it? Was it the danger aspect of it? Or was it the speed? What?
3: Um, to be honest with you, I don't really know. Um, I wanted to be always wanted to be a rugby player, professional rugby player when I was growing up. So that was my, that was the one thing that I wanted to do. But um, but unfortunately, I wasn't big enough or, I suppose, enough bulky enough to to do that. And mm. um, Yeah, just like you say, I went up to the Apprentice Centre in Killare in and from there I got sent out to to great man as Desi Hughes and it's sort of just my, that's the way my career took me really. It wasn't by you know, it wasn't planned, it wasn't, uh, we just fell into, you know, every sort of stage in my career just fell into place like that.
0: Must have been hard work though, I imagine, at that age and, you know, um, I suppose you were the sort of, I wouldn't say the whipping boy, but obviously you've got all the all the lousy jobs to start with, I suppose that's what now, normally works in the stables, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, I was, um, I was uh, you know, I was a stable lad and look at, you know, wanting to, to, to be a jockey and and like you say in, in, in Desi Hughes it was very very good grounding mm. um, you know I didn't I don't think I, I schooled a horse for for about a year and you know they you know you, he he brought up you know stable lads conditioned amateurs they were all brought up in the right way and you know nothing was given to them easy they had to work for it and mm. uh, sort of a different sort of a kettle of fish or it's, it's, it's a different ball game um, now but um, back then it was it was very very good grounding and you had to you had to work hard and improve yourself back then.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But you know, getting up early in the morning and mucking out it must have been it must have been great on a cold winter's morning, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. It was tough. Um, it's 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 not easy. But look, at, I I loved horses, and uh, you know, when you when you love horses and you love animals, it, it it makes it a lot more enjoyable. I'd rather be doing that now than sitting in an office from nine to five every day.
0: Mm, yeah, like me stuck in front of a computer. <laughs> um, yeah. But then you re- relocated to the UK and you based yourself in Dorset with Robert and Sally Alner. Where, whereabouts in Dorset are they?
3: Um, Hazelby, Brian, um It's a little small oh, village yeah. outside of Sturminster Newton. Um, so that's where um, that's where they they based or that's where they were trained. And yeah, whenever I came over to England, I was. Um, one of my best friends at Lake Kieran Kelly God bless him he 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 got me um a job over at Richard Hannans uh through Richard Hughes and Desi Hughes and from there I was to look out for a job over in England and lucky enough at the time there was a job as a as a an amateur down with the with the boss and Sally Olander so I went down there done an interview got the job and and like you say since I came over to England they've been they've been like a mother and father to me and uh They've nurtured my career to what it is today.
0: Time for some music now, and the first track we've got for you is Castles on the Hill by Ed Sheeran.
1: When I was six years old, I broke my leg. And I was running from my brother and his friends.
4: Go home I'm
1: on my old and smoking and rolled cigarettes running from the law through the backfields and getting drunk with my friends had my first kiss on a friday night i don't reckon that i did it right but i was younger then take me back to when we found still remember these old country lanes when we did not
2: know the answers
0: Was Ed Sharon with Castles on the Hill. Okay, now looking at you you, you, you look to me as though you're pushing 5'10", 5'11". ten, five eleven. Isn't that generally considered slightly tall for a, a jockey?
3: Yeah, five ten, yeah, I'd be yeah, I'd be looking, I'd be one of the taller lads in the way room, yeah. Um, so it would be yeah.
0: Any advantages of that in, from a perspective of sort of strength and control of the horse and everything?
3: No, not really, because I think everyone's got different styles. I mean, you got uh, the younger generation that might be a little bit smaller or might ride a little bit, um, a little bit shorter, and you got other lads um, that are a little bit smaller than me that would ride the same length as me. Look at every jockey has their own sort of style, and um, you know whatever it, different styles suit different jockeys and and different heights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Yeah. So, so who were you actually riding? What which stable were you riding for at that particular time? Then Robert Olner's.
3: Yeah, I was. Uh, I spent two years as an amateur with uh, with the Boston Sally Olner. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and, and did you get any winners as an amateur?
3: Yeah, I had a very uh, look. I had a very successful two years with them. I was, I was leading point to point rider in the country. I won all the West Country awards as a as a as a novice rider. And uh, yeah, I, I rode some some nice horses on the track for them as well in in amateur races and also against professionals when I was here. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, at what point did this uh, Grade 1 winner, the listener in Ireland, come into the uh, the story then? Uh,
3: that was obviously a little bit later whenever I came over because I turned conditional for for Paul Keane um, and he trained up just outside Shaftesbury um, and I spent 10 months with him. And for whatever reason, after ter- being amateur, turning professional, um, the love wasn't quite there. The fire didn't quite burn the way I wanted it to burn and I was I was going to give give racing up. I was going to go back to Ireland and do something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was uh, Sally Onner that that persuaded me to change my mind to go back to them for a bit and see if I could get uh, a little bit of enthusiasm back for the job. And I went back there and I felt back at home. Then again, and I started to thrive again. And and then the boss uh, the the boss got me on the listener. Um, so yeah.
0: More music now, and this time it's Shotgun by George Ezra.
5: Homegrown alligator, see you later. Gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. The sun ain't changing the atmosphere, architecture unfamiliar. I could get you steady. Life flies by in the yellow and green. Stick around and you'll see what I mean. There's a mountain top that I'm dreaming of. If you need me, you know where I'll be. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the heart sound, feeling like a someone. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like it's someone. We're south of the equator, navigator, gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. Deep sea diving round the clock, bikini bottoms, lager like toes. I could get used to this. Time flies by. that i'm dreaming of if you need me you know where i'll be i'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot i'm feeling like a someone i'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot i'm feeling like a someone we got two in the front I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a song. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a song.
0: Shotgun there from George Ezra. And then that followed off, uh, you, you won the Hennessy uh, and the John Durkin Chase, is that right? And the Lexus.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the listener was uh, probably the first really good horse that I rode under rules, yeah. um, as in grade one-wise, yeah.
0: And, and you know, in, in the sort of timeline, whereabouts, when did you get to go to Paul Nichols?
3: Uh, so I'd spent... Um when I was with the boss in Sally Ulner then after that then um I got a, a stable jockeys role with um Nick Williams and I had that job for about three years and then um Paul Nicholson approached me then when I was riding uh you know some wonderful horses for, for Nick Nick Williams in Rev de Sebola, Diamond Harry, Cornas, uh James De Burley, so rode some wonderful winners for, for Nick Williams. Down there, and then Paul Nichols uh, approached me, and and I, it would have been interesting being second role to to Ruby,
0: mm-hmm. which I should think you grabbed with both hands, didn't you?
3: Yeah, look, it was an opportunity. I rode out for Paul a lot, even when I was stable Jockey to Nick Williams. I rode out for Paul an awful lot, and I got some nice spare rides for for Paul at the time. And and like you say, it was just another step up my career. He was champion trainer. He's you know he's ruthless. He wants winners one success and and I thought if, if I wanted to be the best I could be I thought it was an opportunity that I couldn't I couldn't turn down
0: so so what year would that have been in that you were at Paul Nichols uh, 2000 probably about 2010 uh, 10, 10, 10
3: 11, right.
0: two, two, 2011 yeah now I'm just trying to tie it in with my notes here that um because you you won a, you won at Cheltenham on uh, for the first time on a horse called Zakanda was that for Paul Nichols?
3: Yeah, that was for Paul Nichols. Yeah.
0: In the Triumph Hurdle.
3: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was Zakanda.
0: Did you feel that was the sort of that was the race that really put you on the map as far as the professional was concerned?
3: Um, look at every jockey's dream is whenever they, they would when to they be a jockey they want to be involved in in at the Cheltenham Festival and. Uh, you know they, you know they want winners there. So look, it was it was my first Cheltenham Festival winner. It was it was a big day. It was a magic moment and something that I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, look, I, I suppose it's another a stepping stone in the right direction.
0: Was it was it what you consider it a, an easy victory? I mean, I don't know what the distances were, but I mean, were you well in front or was it a tight one? No,
3: there's there's no easy there's no easy victories at the Cheltenham Festival. I can assure you that they're right. all they 're all very very difficult races to win in their own right. they're very very competitive and yeah there's there's the horses might win they might win easy but they're very very um they're very hard tough races to win you need a lot of things to go in in, in, in favor for you
0: and obviously that's the amount of work you put in during the races to how much the distance is at the end i guess
3: yeah exactly yeah, look at it just it worked out everything worked out great as far as the candidate that day he won the you know, it was only his second run over hurdles. He won the Donus um in February around Kempton and so look he was a he was a nice horse in the flat and he, he translated that form to to over hurdles and he was a very successful hurdler.
0: And according to Wikipedia, your second festival winner was on La Lac Fortana, uh, in two thousand
3: and fourteen. Yeah, Lac Fontana, so that was the year that I was stable jockey to to Paul Nichols um that year and uh yeah so um yeah like Fontana yeah
0: good good win again
3: yeah again he's look at he had you know he had a nice enough profile going into the race he was a he was a good novice he got in there and on a nice handicap mark and uh you know we we're lucky we we're in the right place at the right time the whole way around the race a couple of horses fell in front of me but like you say the horse was you know he was good on the day he was well trained to win on the day so it was uh you know, I think he won by a half a length or something by one of Willie Mullins' horses, but, yeah, he was uh, it was a good performance from that day.
0: Time for some more music, and we go back to Ed Sheeran this time again with Take Me Back to London. Jet
1: plane headed up to the sky Spread wings and the clouds getting high We ain't hit a rave in a while So
6: take me back to London Yo, I do deals but I never get twang, twang that ain't never been planned No goons that were never in gangs Where I'm from, chat shit, get banged Where I'm from, chat shit, let the 12-gauge rip Yeah, sick how it fits in my hand I don't mix with the glitz and the glam All these stupid pricks on the gram I don't do online beef or niki gram beef I'm way too g'd up to gram gram. grime I bought an AP to help me time Keep my shooter ride, deep in moves when I speak My shooter ride, shoot a guy Leave you wet like you scuba dive You were younger then and now we're unified South London boys, get you crucified, I'm gone It's that time, Big Mike and Teddy are on grime. I want
1: to try new things, they just want me to sing because nobody thinks I write rhymes. But now I'm back in the biz with my guy, give me a packet of Chris and my pine. I hit my friends up, go straight to the pub because I haven't been home in time. Yes, I, but that's my fault, gross half a billion on the Divide Tour. Yes, I ain't kidding, what would I lie for? But now I'm back in the track with Big Michael. He said Teddy never get off your high horse and never let him take your crown. I've been away for a while, travelled a million miles, but I'm heading back to London town. Right now. Jet plane headed up to the sky. To the sky. Spread wings and the clouds, getting high. We ain't hit a rave in a while. So take me back to London. Face high, middle night, sitting low. Sweat brow dripping down,
6: winning room. No town does it quite like my home. So take me back to Birmingham. All one, two, one, stand up. You better tell them the hooligans here. My team can't lose when I'm here Outside, quick twos and a beer. You see me when I choose to appear. Just pay a few bags for my carpet. But I'll take off your shoes when you're here. Yo, I can turn booze into cheers. Shit, 20 man cruise for the gears. red blues when I'm here, it's Brom. Family, you dumb. Red, red wine, or you want a red rum? You can be 40, you don't want to warm me. End of story, you're gonna get spawned. Man's smoke beat to my whole head's numb Don't talk greens cause will old take none VIP in my own section. Wild, wild west with the old western, it's bro Old school raving, back to Scala And an AP pack with gallet. Take me back to money. Blocks out, all full of yak- a maggot and an S3 boot full of, packs of colour. Hit the booth, man, slap it, snap it. Bap, bap, That that trap, rap on my Some man are blessed, I'm a bad and trap trapper. Gets cold up, laugh, pack your hat and track it. I was made to set pace, young H came okay for first place. Made a change to get paid. Fam, I stayed in my lane and came with that flame. Day to day, we on stage, and made my cake, then I skate and catch the next plane. Baking up when I wake, it rake it up, getting it saved, it's make it all break. It's make it all break, human man, still make a mistake. Mad now H just made a mixtape. Told JK to make an X8, we're about to set pace. Can't get about no more, it gets bait. And I don't get ahead no more, I get fake. She don't want him no more, she wants J. And she do not want me no more, she wants H. Aye. JK, make a lot of P uh, Go straight there if you swear I gotta be. Wait, stop, pop my collar on my G, five million minimum, what I wanna see. And anything if I wanna put that to bed. Tell mom Z that I wanna trap with Ed. Aim this one at your head. Right bars with a pen on the pad when the battery's dead. Jet plane headed
1: up to the sky. Oh, I so. Spread wings and that cloud's getting high.
4: Oh, two, uh. We
1: ain't hit a rave I'm wild. So take me back to London. Woo! Base high, middle night, sitting low. Sweat brow dripping down, winning rocks.
0: Take me back to London there with Ed Sheeran. Okay, so moving on, um, I've missed that one, which I shouldn't have done because it's an obvious one. Um, the 2012 Grand National, of course, you won on Neptune Collange. Tell me about that. How, how great a moment was that for you?
3: Yeah, obviously it was again. It was a it was a big moment in my career. It was um, you know, like you say, whenever you dream of being a jockey, it's a, it's a race that you want to ride in first of all. Um, you know, and to be part of the history of it, just. To even have a ride in the races is, is very very special, um, you know. And I've been looking up I've ridden it in quite a few times now. Most years I've been been um, in England for the last you know ten or ten twelve years, so I've ridden in it most years. But um, you know, like I say, to win the race, it's it's a fantastic part of history. It's something that's in black and white, and you know, I probably haven't really you know allowed myself to reflect on it too much. I suppose it will probably. Whenever I'm retired at some stage, it's something that you know I might look back on and, and be very, very proud of myself. But you know the way the all these big races are; it's one day roll into the next, and mm. you got to go racing the next day, and you got to try and ride winners the next day. But uh, like I say, it's it's something I'm very, very proud of to 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 win a Grand National.
0: It's a relentless business, though, isn't it? Horse racing, as you say. I mean, every day, and you're you're here, there, and everywhere, all up and down the country, looking for rides. It's uh, it's not an easy job I shouldn't think
3: no it's um you know you got to be very tough and, and and very mentally strong I suppose to do it as well because yeah. you know there, there's a lot of traveling there's a lot of times you're spent on your own in the car and, you know there's there's times I've been I've driven up to Musselboro or whatever and it's you know mm. it's a 12 13 hour round trip and you've got beaten short. A short head or a nose, and yeah. you've got that journey the whole way back on your own to think about what could you've done this right, or could you've done something else, mm. you know, to may- maybe make you think you would have won that race. So yeah, yeah. you know, it can be a t- it can be a tough sport, and it is a tough sport. But like you say, when you get to ride some wonderful horses like that, I ride, um, it's very very rewarding when you get the big winners.
0: And apparently, this this Grand National win it was it was the closest ever finish. I didn't realize that.
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, the shortest ever winning distance by any horse so and uh, yeah it was uh, it was a nose so um, lucky enough the photo finish was, it was in my favour that day.
0: Did you you know you, you crossed the line somebody said no photo finish uh, how agonising was the wait I know they're usually fairly quick but I mean uh...
3: it felt like a long time at the time but <laughs> it might have been only 30 or 40 seconds but I felt an awful lot longer that at the time and like you say, the more, it was, uh, the more I felt like it was going on, the more I was hoping and praying that it was going to be yeah. a dead heat rather than get beaten. But, um, you know, look, it, it just he was a tough horse on the day. He jumped great, he travelled great. He was the class horse going into the race. It's just whether he had the, the legs of the, of the younger brigade, really. Yeah. Um, and like you say, he was, he was very, very tough on the day. Who
0: was the, who was the jockey on the other horse?
3: Uh, a good friend of mine, Rich McLaren.
0: All right, yeah. So, you know, did you did you sort of feel was, or did you not know? Was it you know was it one of those where you just sort of had a feeling you got it, or or did you not know?
3: No, we did. Generally, uh, we, we we looked at each other, we spoke, and none of us knew. Um, it was that close. None of us knew. So,
0: yeah. But what a feeling! I should imagine to have won that, and the crowd erupts, and oh, I think it must be marvellous.
3: Yeah, it was a big. It was a big day. It was a very big day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. But then again, uh, just sort of, sort of the highs and lows, um, not that long afterwards, was it before or after, I'm just oh, let's start the next race, when you won the County Handicap at Cheltenham, you had a, a horrendous fall and broke your leg and your knee and your elbow.
3: Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was half an hour later after winning on, on Lac Fontana, the horse just bearded and went into one of the, one of the cameramen on the, the, the static cameras and the cameraman ran into him and on the way down to the start it was just one wow. of those freak accidents really
0: yeah yeah how long did, how, how long did that keep you out
3: um i done well i came back i think it was in six five and a half six months they gave me originally at the time with the damages to my elbow and shoulder and knees and stuff. there they were thinking it was it was probably going to take about 10 but you know with the great help that oakley house um have and the treatment that i got from them was first class and like you say i managed to get back within five and a half months
0: i was surprised because um nick Schofield does a piece on on my weekly show the racing show and he's been at uh Oxy house with uh, a broken leg himself and uh, they 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 pretty strict aren't they they won't uh you've got to be absolutely 100 percent right before they'll let you come back again
3: yeah it's 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 obviously it's all changed now but yeah you've got to get passed by by physios by doctors and uh and everything before you come back now, yeah, there's a lot of procedures to do now to, to get back racing, yeah? Mm. They want you back, and they want you back 100% before you do come back.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, because in Nick's case, of course, he's, he's, he's desperate to come back, and the weather's backing him up now because all the races have mm. been um, postponed. He, he, he came
3: back, actually, yesterday. He's a very good rider, very naturally talented jockey, Nick Schofield. yeah, he's a wonderful rider.
0: Yeah. Next up in the musical stakes, we've got Take That and Never Forget.
7: Sense. Yeah, yeah. We've had good times yeah, yeah. But remember yeah. this So high, and we look each day and night in the eye, and we're still so young, and we hope for more. But remember this:
2: we're not invincible. We're not invincible. It's
0: take that there and never forget so looking at some of the horses that you've ridden though um daryl um bristol de may immediately springs to mind because uh, i've won money on you and bristol de may i have to say so that was a good horse but a lovely lovely looking gray isn't it
3: yeah he's lucky he's been again he's been a wonderful horse for my career and also you know when i got the job with simon and isaac um he was one of the first good horses that came along and He's never let us down every year. He's like you say, he's won about six grade ones, seven grade ones, plenty of grade twos, and like you say, he's won won three Bet Fair chases. So he's he's in the history books for, for Bet Fair Chases as well. So um like you say, he's a he's a wonderful horse awesome. please God this year he runs at Sandown on Saturday and please God from there he'd go on to the Grand National.
0: And um, are you hopeful on Saturday?
3: Yeah, look, I think the, Obviously, it was a rearranged Cotswold chase that was meant to be at Cheltenham last weekend. Yeah. He's going to sand down. It's going to be soft, heavy ground. He's won a grade one around there. He was second in a grade one around there when he was younger. So I think the track is fine from, him. Um, and it's, it's going to be heavy ground. So, you know, hopefully he'll take a little bit of beating there, yeah?
0: So he, he likes heavy ground. He's happy in that, is he?
3: Loves heavy ground, yeah.
0: Um, now, I see also um, that you've won the Silly Isles Novice Chase. Uh, four times and if I'm right I'm saying this silly novice chase is on Saturday is it not?
3: Yeah we, we were yeah we've won it four years in a row and actually we were very unlucky um, the year that we were going for a time. Mean, we had a lovely horse from France coming over Master Dino but unfortunately he got injured after after winning at Plumpton so he got ruled out for the year but um, look we're looking forward to coming back there this Saturday with Messier de Zobo a horse that's had um, a long time off, but he's come back this year and he's had he's ran twice and won twice, and you know he looks like a strong candidate for this race on Saturday. So we're very much looking forward to him running on Saturday.
0: So the money better go down on a double for Daryl Jacobs, then, eh?
3: So look, at please God, if, if racing goes ahead, I've got some nice rides there to look forward to on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I, I must say, I think you know, Bristol Dubai with, with the, the the grey and you with that bright green. Um, colours. It looks just looks like a racing partnership somehow to me. You know, some, yeah look at sometimes people's colours aren't as, as great as they could be, but that green looks really great I think.
3: Yeah, and no, that's it look at they're they're wonderful people, Simon and Isaac and they've been very good for my career and uh, you know, they've been, you know, not not always on the course but off the course. They've just been fantastic people for for help, for advice or for, for anything that I need. and they're always there and like I say it's Touchwood is it's a partnership that's working really really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as you say, four four or five of um, well, if you come up with five on the uh, the silly hours one, that would be a, a nice little record, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah, please God, yeah.
0: I'm desperately rattling around here, trying to find my other questions for you. So can you bear with me just a second? No problem. So, what would you say would be the, the you know the best horse that you've ever ridden during your career?
3: Uh, look at I've I've obviously been very, very lucky down through my career. I mean different horses mean different different things to me. Obviously, you know, for the public I suppose you'd have to say Neptune Cologne, but I've been very lucky, I've won on on Masterminded for Paul Nichols and I've ridden some wonderful horses for Simon and Isaac And and obviously Bristol and May, concertista, you know, top notch Lamy Serge winning the French champion hurdle. Um Score's been a wonderful horse to me and like you say, there's 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 so many horses out there. Look, I would say I've been I've been very very lucky.
0: Hm. Mm. But you wouldn't put your finger on one particular one.
3: No, because I, you can't really because different horses mean mean different things and yeah. and they run in different races. So no, I think it'd be fair to 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 rule out one horse as being the best horse. I think like different horses have come around at different stages of, of my career. Like you say, my first grade one on the Listener, you mm. know, getting on Diamond Harry and. And Rev to Savola when I was stable jockey to to Nick Williams—they're very very important horses in my career, and they keep me propelling to the next stage of my career. If that makes sense. So. Yeah. Any any
0: particular ambitions within horse racing that you you sort of uh, steer in your career towards? Any specifics?
3: Look at it. again. I've been very very lucky. I've won a lot of the the top class races um, and all the great ones in, in in England, but. You know, obviously, I'd love to win a Grand National for Simon and Isaac. It's a race that they'd, they'd love to, they'd love to win. It's, it's no secret. It's, it's a race that they admire and it's a race that they'd love to win. Um, you know, so I'd love to do that for them if, if the opportunity ever came. And also, you know, to win a, to win a Gold Cup, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. But again, you know, the, you need a certain type of horses for mm. these races, and uh, it's something that's, it's not going to be easy to achieve.
0: Do you, do you not worry? I mean, you know, you talk about Simon and Isaac. If if it was my horse, but well, you then know, I'm a softie, But you know, I'd worry myself to death going to the national in case he came to grief on it. I mean, does does that ever cross your mind? I mean, I don't suppose you can start a race with that on your mind, can you?
3: No, it's it's lucky. It's something you don't think about, and unfortunately, there is accidents, there is fatalities. Um, you know, in 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 racing, um, it doesn't have to be the Grand National; it could be in any in any race. Um, but look at it, it's in any sport at the at the highest level. There's always risks, isn't it? Because yeah. it's like Formula Formula One drivers, you know, when they they put themselves at absolute maximum pressure. Wise, you've got you know motorbike racing, you know mm. these these horses. Um, and also, we, you know, they, these horses are cared to like but like no other. They're, it's like five star treatment these horses get. So yeah, yeah. you know the horses and they're bred to do this job as well. They, you know they're bred to run. Yeah. And they want to run because if they didn't want to run, they wouldn't do it. Um, and like you say, they, 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 all these horses—they they, they really enjoy it. You know, they enjoy jumping because if they didn't enjoy jumping, they wouldn't be jumping. So it's—it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you know you, you don't think about because, like you say, the horses enjoy it just as much as we enjoy it.
0: Last but one of the musical choices, we've got the Boss and Diana Ross. There and the boss, and of course on that particular point, I suppose it's when a, when a, a horse uh, parts company with the rider, but you still see the horse rattling on and he ke- carries on jumping. And if he didn't like it, he wouldn't do it, would he? Well,
3: exactly. exactly. Yes. You know, exactly. Of... Look, at they're, they're bred to be race horses and they're bred to jump. And like you say, the amount of horses that even if they get on seat the seat the jockey, you see the amount of times that loose horses will carry on. And they'll go around the jumping because yeah, they yeah. generally love it and you know like you say these horses are looked after like five-star treatment and you wouldn't get it in a, in a five-star hotel what these horses get looked after it's amazing what the, the stable staff do to these horses now now you know and like you say they're, they're treated as their as their pets
0: yeah no well fair enough i mean i, I love animals myself and horses and dogs in particular so uh, i can understand that i can so um we do this uh, this is what we call the spanish inquisition and at which point we played in Monty Python music. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Um, so your, your full name, Daryl? Daryl Allen Jacob. Uh, place of birth was Donegal, yeah? Donegal. Yeah, date of birth? 28th
3: of August, 1983.
0: Have you got any brothers or sisters?
3: I have, yeah, I've got uh, two brothers and one sister.
0: And you're married?
3: Yeah, married to uh, beautiful wife, Kelly.
0: And you've got some children.
3: Two children, yeah. Harry's seven, and Darcy May is five. Um, am I
0: right in saying that you would have spent most of your childhood in Donegal? Uh,
3: we used to go up there on holidays. I moved down to Wexford when I was. We moved down to Wexford. My dad was uh, was um Wexford. And we moved down to Wexford when I was. I think it was about one and a half. So uh, Wexford is where we, we where we lived after that. But you see, we spent a lot of time in. In, Dunyball, in Donegal in Donegal in Yearnport New in Killybegs on yeah. our holidays that's where my mum was from
0: I'm sure you won't want to answer this one but I'm going to ask you anyway what who's the best boss you've worked under
3: Look I've had, again I've been very very lucky I've had wonderful bosses and I'd like to say I'd never I'd never single out one as the best so uh, I,
0: thought, I thought that's what you say <laughs> um, best race horse, I'm sorry the best race course that you've raced at
3: uh look again I've been very lucky. I've been over a lot of the top courses over in France, Ireland and England, but a track that I uh particularly like riding, I suppose, is Sandown. I've got a good strike right there. I and I enjoy the the fences down along the back straight around Sandown. So look at sandown's one of the one of the tracks I and I, I look forward to going and riding.
0: Mm. Um the next horse, you're not again. You're not going to answer. I know. Best horse that you've ridden. Well, we've already been there. and you've yeah. said there's quite a few that you've, you would. Um, what would you say is the best ever win that you've had?
3: Uh, I suppose again, very hard to single out one. But I suppose one race that I got enough awful lot of enjoyment out of was uh, Lammy Surge winning the French Champion Hurdle. Um, huh. Simon and Isaac going. They've got a lot of horses out in France um Nicky Henderson trained it and for, for an English horse to go over and win the French champion hurdle was was very, very special and it was a, a day that I got a, a massive kick out of.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um who's your best mate in racing?
3: Uh I sit beside Gavin Sheehan and uh, Nicky de Bonville so um I'm quite close to them.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, Well, that's that's obviously why uh, Jamie Snowden found it easy enough to speak to, I guess, because Gavin Sheehan wrote for him, doesn't he?
3: Yeah.
0: So, uh, um, uh, where are we? What car do you drive?
3: Uh, I drive an Audi A7.
0: Right. Uh, Is that a a, um, SUV? S-Line Quattro, yeah. Yeah. Um, What car would you like to own?
3: To be honest with you, I'm very, very happy with my A7 that I have now, so... uh, at the moment, I wouldn't be too keen to swap that car.
0: Okay. Um, have you got any particular styling clothes that you like to wear? I mean, are you a T-shirt and tracksuit bottoms, man, or are you a you know, a dedicated follower
3: of fashion? No, I'm definitely not a dedicated follower of fashion. Um, look, I like when I'm not racing. I like to chill out and have some comfy clothes and like a, a nice T-shirt and a nice tracksuit bottoms
0: yeah okay and our final musical choice will be the pet shop boys and west end girls Is there in West End girls.
2: Pardo's Solicitors, the friendly law firm based in the heart of Somerset, with offices in Yeovil, Taunton and Bridgewater. With a strong ethos of helping those in our community, if in doubt, check it out with Pardos on a free no obligation call or subscribe to our free podcast the Friendly Law Podcast. For more information, call 0800 862 0442 or visit pardos.co.uk. Pardos Solicitors, looking after you, your family and your business.
0: Visit our website www.ajwakely.com for more information or call Clive Wakely on
7: 01935 479913. Whether you're a one-man or one-woman band just starting up or a large established business, Chalmers Accountants offer a range of expert services tailor-made to your needs. They have over a 100 years' experience of helping businesses of all sizes and provide a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit Accountants.co.uk and book your free initial
0: consultation. Favourite film we've seen?
3: Um, uh, I like the films Taken. I think they're very good. Yeah. What
0: well, the um, what's his name? Liam Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah, another one you mean? Um, so favorite film star.
3: Again, I like Danzel Washington and Liam Neeson. I think they're quite good.
0: Yeah. Female fa- film star. No, to be honest with you, mate. I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, favorite television program
3: uh i enjoy myself and kelly we enjoy leaving time whenever i come home from racing um and the kids are in bed we enjoy watching home and away yeah. Um i've watched it ever since i was a child over in ireland and it's it's something that i've continued to watch for about yeah if, you, about if you like 30 it, years if you or so. watch
0: it well that's fair enough that's a good that's a good uh testimonial 30 years i should think um this is a stupid word. It doesn't really apply to you. What you do after a game, when I go after a race, when well, I'm presumably you have to get out in the car and drive home again.
3: so Exactly. Come home and see the wife and kids.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, just off off the target slightly. Do you find the the travelling, you know, is is that the sort of downside of it all? Because I know when I worked at Yeovil, I used to do an awful lot of travelling and to games and what have you. Similar sort of thing to you. Did you find that a pain?
3: Um, look, it's part and parcel of, the, of of what we do, isn't it? You know, we've got to go to race the racecourses. The racecourses aren't going to come to us. No. Um, you know, when you're, you know, like I say, I'm I, I'm lucky as in like, you know, the most days I go racing, I've got nice horses to look forward to riding. So, um, but yeah, look, it's 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 tough going when you're doing seventy-five thousand miles a year. You know, you're up early, you're going leaving the house yeah. at six o'clock in the morning. Sometimes you're not back till you know, ten o'clock, half ten at night time, and then you've got to get up and do it all again. Uh, you know, it can be it can be quite relentless, but like you say, when you've got some nice horses to look forward to riding, it it doesn't it doesn't seem as uh, as long, the journeys don't seem as long, or whenever you've had a, a nice winter, the journeys don't seem as long coming home either. So No, oh,
0: that's right. Um, favourite food?
3: Uh, I've like you say, I'm I'm quite told, so um it's 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 hard for me obviously i've got to watch my weight an awful lot but like even when i was a kid and all that i was i was a massive fan of pizzas i love pizzas and if i could i'd um if i could and my weight allowed me to i I think i'd eat a lot more pizzas
0: okay fair enough um favorite drink uh
3: again i'm not a massive drinker uh I drink a lot of water drink a lot of squash but i suppose if i was to to have a uh, have a beer or something like that, it might be a beer Moretti or a Heineken.
0: Okay, um, Coke or Pepsi? Coke, uh, Mercedes or BMW?
3: Um, I've had both of them cars, so um, I'll just say Audi. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, Mac or PC? I'm not very good at, um. Computers, so um, I'll bypass that question. Thank you very much.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, Beer or lager?
3: Um, Well, I suppose beer, Moretti, and and Heineken, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Steak or curry?
3: Um, Red meat. Uh, Kelly's got me into eating a lot more red meat than what I used to eat. I used to be always eating chicken. Um, I do. I do admit I do like a a nice uh, going to our our local curry house um, whenever I get the opportunity. So. I'll say a curry.
0: Okay. Um, any sporting hobbies other than, than horse racing? I mean, sort of golf or anything like that? Do you do?
3: I love golf, yeah. I play golf seven days a week if I could. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I love following rugby as well. So, uh, okay. yeah, golf and rugby.
0: Right. Now, um, <clears throat> the, the last two are a bit difficult, but I'm sure you'll get there. Um, if you had a choice, who would you like to meet, dead or alive?
3: Um, I'm a huge, uh, fan of John Frankham. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm good friends and he's always uh, a very, very interesting person to, to talk to. Um, he's a wonderful jockey and, uh, yeah, John Frankham's a very, very interesting man. Okay.
0: So the, the next question, I'm guessing he might be one of them then. If you had a, you're having a, a nice dinner party with you and your wife, uh, who are you going to invite to come to the party?
3: Yeah, I suppose, Look, at it. I suppose I probably wouldn't have much choice. I suppose I'd have to bring a couple of Kelly's friends, wouldn't I? And like you say, I get on great with Gavin Sheen, so I, I, he'd be one of the lads as well that I'd invite. So yeah,
0: yeah. Any, anybody sort of you know dead or alive? I mean, you know, a lot of people choose Muhammad Ali or Nelson Mandela. Any people
3: like that? Well, if they're dead, they're not really going to come to a, a to a party <laughs> in the they? So, um,
0: <laughs> now don't be a smart ass. You know, um, the, you know the question.
3: <laughs> no, look at it. No, I look at it. I. I. I'm, I'm a very private person. I like my own my 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 close friends that I have, um, and like you say, I like a, uh, you know, to bring people like that into the into a, a lunch. Oh, I don't know. It was it good. to me. Obviously, we'll say John I was When I'm following rugby, on my left footer, so he's a massive fan of uh, Dan Carter. So we'll say, we'll say them too, John Frankham and Dan, Dan Carter.
0: OK. Well, I would have had Eric Cantona, but that's another story. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, he'd be very interesting. Roy yeah. Keane would be very interesting as well, actually.
0: Yeah. He'd, he'd,
3: he'd have some funny tales to tell.
0: I'm pretty sure he would, yeah. Well, I met him. I, I say I met him. We went to... Um... Uh, he did a, a, an evening with Eric Cantona down at Brighton, not Brighton, Bournemouth, and uh, of course my son persuaded us to have a photograph taken with him. God, it cost an arm and a leg it did as well, but <laughs> there go. The things you do for your heroes, eh?
3: Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know. Um, okay, well that's that's more or less it. Um, after racing ends, what do you propose to do then? Training?
3: No, I definitely won't be a trainer. Look, at it obviously I'm not really hundred percent sure what the what the current plans are at the moment, but. Um, you know, maybe possibly doing a little bit of a media or or something along them lines. Um, yeah. I'm very lucky, like you say, I've got a wonderful boss in Simon and Isaac. So maybe I'd like to do something like that. And I've got a great sponsor in in Skybet, so possibly do something for Skybet as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, well, just finally, um, as you are, as I told you, we've got this racing program called the Racing Show, and we we try and sort of um, go through the weekend's racing beforehand. Could, could I just ask you to comment on what you feel, you know, how you feel your chances are in this silly Isles race, and, and who you see as the main dangers? Because I can I can run that in the uh, in the racing programme yeah.
3: yeah, obviously I'm looking forward to riding uh, Mezirin in, in the Grade One silly Isles. Um, it's going to be a very tough race, but he's done nothing wrong. Um, so far this year he's two from two. Um, he'll go on the track. I think he, I think he he liked the track. He liked the ground. Um, and I suppose obviously a horse that you'd have to be very wary of is, is a horse called Hitman um, one of Paul Nicholls' he looks a very strong look very good at winning at Foss Lass and uh, like you say I think he could be a very tough horse to beat getting the getting the allowances from us
0: and of course you've also got uh, Bristol Demi as well um, his chances must be very good
3: yeah very much looking forward to, to Bristol he's fresh and well after winning the Betfair Chaser but hey um he's had plenty of time to get over that run and uh like you say we, we, this will be his sort of prep race hopefully before the, the Grand National. so again he liked the track he liked the ground and uh, yeah it's going to be a tough race with obviously Native River in there possibly Santini in there it's going to be a very very good race
0: Darren you're an absolute star I really am grateful to you thank you ever so much it's uh, getting people of your calibre on a show like we're in a, we're only a little radio station and it really gives us a boost and, and it gives, you know, people sit up and take notice that we've got people like you on board. So uh, you know, I'm really, no really grateful at all. to you mate. It was, you,
3: a, pleasure. It was it's, a pleasure, it
0: was a pleasure. It's super. Thanks ever so much, Cinderella. And care. Uh, right, I might care. well Look, thank bump you into much. you at Win who knows?
3: Please God, hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mate, see you soon. Thanks. Thanks a, Thanks a right. lot.
0: Thank you, bye bye. Well there you go, that was Daryl Jacob on the show and uh, thanks to him and uh, it brings us to the end of this particular edition of In Conversation please keep joining us uh, during the week on our Wednesdays and Thursday evenings uh, on Three Valleys Radio so in the meantime, thank you for listening and we'll speak to you again soon This is Three Valleys Radio
1: the heart is a blue.
0: And you've been listening to The In Conversation Program With A.D. Hopper
1: no space to
7: rent in this town.
0: Make sure you join us Every week here on Three Valleys Radio
7: and the reason